Hey everyone, it's Preston, and I want to give a quick disclaimer before we hop into this podcast. So this podcast is part two from our last podcast from last week, and the way this episode came about is we actually ended the last podcast, Uh, we stopped recording, we didn't have our microphones up to our face, and we were right in the middle of a conversation, and uh, Trevor noticed it was a good conversation, so he had us pull our microphones back up to our face. And so, uh, just going to let you guys know, when we get into the very beginning of this episode, uh, Taylor's talking about some things, and he's trying to fill in some context that you might not have, uh, but we don't really have the whole context for what he was talking about. So it's kind of hard to follow, or if what he's uh, saying is uh, sounds out of context, it's it's because it kind of is. Like he, We were right in the middle of a conversation whenever we hop back into this podcast. So if you'll give us some grace on the front end of this episode, I promise it's a great episode, and I'm super stoked that we're putting it out. So thank you guys so much for listening. Let's get into the episode. So I think, so I think for me, like the idea of like how you're built plays into the way that God like ultimately works to you, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of infuriating because that's where the like idea of like, well, you did it for them. You haven't done it for me. Well, you aren't them. Like they're going to appreciate that thing way faster than you are because they know they couldn't do it. Like, like what's, uh, what's an example of that? Like, <clears throat> um, so the hope summit which is like an event that we put on here in Muskogee where we get like churches and businessmen and, and like people who are experts in their fields, they all kind of like police officers there, therapists are there. Like the whole idea is essentially trying to create like a trauma informed community. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got, I got asked. So the first year I got asked to come set on a group of panel. Mm -hmm. And so it was a bunch of people who are in ministry talking to, how do you reach people with trauma, basically? The guy next to me is like 75 Methodist pastor. Mm. And I, I was, this would have been two years ago, so I'd have been 27. Mm-hmm. Like, this dude's almost been doing, like, this guy's been alive almost three of my lifetimes. Yeah. And I'm sitting on this table with these people, and, like, these people got degrees and all kinds of letters next to names, and I didn't even graduate high school. Mm-hmm. So there's this moment where I'm sitting here, and I'm like, Oh, I, I get to do this. Yeah. I do not belong in this room. I am nowhere intelligent enough or smart enough to be having any of these conversations, yet there are professionals in front of me that I'm having a conversation to about what being trauma-informed looks like and how to manage trauma. And, like, I appreciated that. But I could tell you with as much certainty as I can without knowing the context, uh, contents of an individual's heart. There were others on that same panel that had to do that. Mm-hmm. Felt like they needed to, felt like they couldn't get out of it, and they didn't appreciate the moment. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't really matter to them. But for me, I spent hours, hours, bro, praying for that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I do not want to mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> like, help me not sound like a goober. Give me the words to say because I knew in my mind I didn't belong there. And God was the only way I'd have got there. Like, I, I would have never made it to that room. Um, and so I think all throughout life, there are lots of things that, um, based off of how we're built, 
the time it takes God to get to you some blessings versus others is just dramatically different based off of how you're built. Yeah. Like I, I think I needed, <laughs> so it took me 10 years to become a staff member at a church, like a paid staff member. And I think, <clears throat> I think I needed that. Like, I, I wish I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish, I wish I wasn't as naturally prideful as I am and as naturally arrogant as I am and as naturally cocky as I am. And most of that's just compensating for deep insecurities. I wish it wasn't true, but it was. I mean, there's some definitely like decisions, I guess, like in hindsight, I could have maybe tweaked on, maybe would have shortened it from 10 to seven years, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think I needed it. Because the day Jared brought me on as a paid staff member of the Brick Church, like I was weeping in my car. Yeah. So I'd spent 10 years just like really wanting to get to know what it could be like to spend my life doing the thing that I love most. Yeah. And, and to be able to provide for my family that way, like to, to really see what could happen if I could just give every second of my, like that, that I could have, like if I could really run it like a job, like I could spend the hours without having to feel like I'm sacrificing things for my family or that I can't, that I wouldn't be able to do this. And, and I could have the free mental space to really sit here and love and develop and pour into people. And when I got the opportunity, I appreciated it mm-hmm. like in, in, in a way that like there are a few things in my life that I've had a, that moment with where I could sit back and I could really just, wow. Like it just, there were so many moments and seasons where it's like, God, are you ever going to do this? Am I just, I guess I'm just never going to be like, is this ever going to happen? And I, like, I knew that I was called to do it. I could see the fruit on the tree. I could see the lives that were changed. I could see how I'd benefited from it. Like how it made us better. And, I could like I, I knew for sure like I, I there were so many data points along the way that kept communicating to me I'm on the right track, but it still was difficult. Yeah. And then when I got to it, I just I, I love it. I still love it. I'm still grateful for it. I still wake up every morning and I'm shocked that I get to do this. I I, I I'm on stage preaching to students and like. It's just like I got to be on stage at Easter and we got to see just the craziest things happen this past Easter. Like we saw 14 people make a decision to follow Jesus. Like this is bananas. Mm -hmm. I remember being on stage doing the stage communication for that and thinking like, this is nuts. This is crazy. Who let me get on this stage? (laughs) (laughs) Messed up. This is bananas. Yet I'm here. And over the last few years, like I've had conversations with other people in ministry and I can tell that same gratitude's not there. Yeah. They don't love what they do. They feel like they have to or feel obliged to or <clears throat> it pays too much. Mm-hmm. So they're stuck. Just freaking the most depressing thing I can ever think of to think that ministry is something you feel like you're stuck doing. Mm-hmm but not for me, but it took me 10 years. And for other people, it might take two years. It might take six months for other people, maybe faster because well, they, they aren't naturally as prideful as I am. 
And that's fine. I just, I know me. But then there are other things that I think God's gotten blessed in something faster and quicker mm-hmm. than others because like they weren't quite so complicated. Like generosity for me is a like is default. Yeah. Like like it, it's very natural for me. Like giving gifts is one of my favorite things in the world. Like I've really just never struggled with the concept of tithing. Like once I followed Jesus, started tithing, and I've really never looked back. And so for me, like I, I, there are some financial things God's opened some doors for and done that I think are tied to the fact that it's like He knows I know I I didn't create that. Mm-hmm. Like, like I can trust Him with. And so I, I wish I could give more examples, it's kind of off the cuff. But like I just I know that there are some things in my life that take longer to get to me, not because God doesn't want them for me, but because I do not have the character necessary yet to sustain that. That door, if I walk through it, is ultimately going to kill me Mm. because I'm either going to start thinking I did it or I deserve it or I'm not going to be ready to see the joy that's actually in it and I'm going to shift to I have to, which is ultimately going to make the thing God wanted to be a blessing to feel like a curse. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a part I'm trying not to get emotional with it. Um, there's a, on the topic line of like I get to, um, has has like I've been I've been very comfortable in the world of disqualification of like I'm not, um, not worthy to do those things. And and you could argue that that's that's true. Like in comparison to Christ, of course, mm-hmm. and in spite of, he wants me. He wants to use me. Mm-hmm. In spite of these things, I get to do stuff that I get to do in this in this walk. And you like yeah. you're talking about it too in your story. It's like I get my my I get to is a lot is different. Not yeah. that I'm unique of like hurt or hard times. But mine, mine's special because it's me. It's a, it's the storyline that I've walked out with Christ. It's like my get to, is I get to, I get to lead. Jared says that we, um, as a worship team, our job is to align people's emotions with what we believe Scripture says is true, and essentially we are um, a colorful, universal um, form of worship that we can come in and people can come in and, and just like whatever that means in the moment they're able to connect to Christ and come in, come in for healing or direction, et cetera. And it's wild to me. I tell my team that we're stewards of testimonies and I'm leading a song for the first time um, coming up really soon. That is like a, a, it's called the story I'll tell. And I think that's what we're talking about in the song. The songs like context is, is perspective. Um, and it was introduced to me as a song with a woman that's leading it with terminal cancer. And on stage, you would not, you would not believe that you would believe that she is just somebody that's celebrating that God is good. And like, she's like, he shows up for me and like, things are great, blah, blah, blah. But she's singing on stage as somebody that is dying and that has kids and that has a team and a ministry. And so I, I stu- I'm, I'm stewarding this woman's testimony on coming up really soon. And it just, I, I'm stepping into shoes of, of somebody that I love and I don't even know her because my, my moment of leading the, my story uh, in this particular context is that 
it's like you have your own, but I I have one too. And because of like, I don't know, like like a God God chose me too. And I get to do this too. And I rec and I'm I recognize, like I said before, it's like I'm not unique. Um through through trials and things that you're walking through and I'm recognizing that I'm gonna do that in front of a room full of people who also are there they're also walking in those rooms they're also walking through like they think that their story that they're in currently from their own perspective is their identifier they think that their terminal diagnosis is their identifier um, and we have, and just, we talk about constantly talking about hope. And it's like in that moment, you get to walk in and be a perspective or, or you hope to be a perspective to a room full of people that, um, it's like, it doesn't have to be that though. It's like, it, I can tell you that your story is real and you're, and you're validated and your emotions are real. And what you're walking through is very real, but also it's like, God, God doesn't waste it. God, God didn't do the hurt but he's not and he's not going to waste it and you're not by yourself and so like that's kind of a two-part story of I guess what I'm rambling about but um the get to uh of the journey is like I I feel like I would do the journey again um and it sucked and it's still hard but I just think of me sitting in the audience of me leading that song and, and that blows my mind. I heard I heard something recently that's like, um, and I don't have nothing to back this up, but it's like you, like you are the adult that younger you would feel comfortable in a room with, kind of a thing. And I like I don't know if I believe that or whatever, but it made me think of like how interesting, of like, I don't know how interesting is it that there's going to be somebody on the other side of it that is fed from my walk. But anyway, that's a lot of rambling to say like that I get to is so so much it, it's just so powerful um because with me like we've talked on podcasts a bunch of times of like uh like worth is one thing that i struggle with like at my core or whatever like that it's like i need to produce to be worth and my value etc and stuff like that and it kind of is a it's just a neat thing that like I, I get to remind myself that he wants me he saw me valuable um he saw me purposeful he he wants he, he like he's laying out things for me to be able to say yes or no um and i don't have to say yes and he still wants me if the answer is no or not yet or whatever you know it's like i'm not ready to walk into those things um it's beautiful jared said one time from stage like he wants it all but he'll take it in payments mm. and um years ago certain levels of this context and stuff like that would have would have destroyed me or prevented me or cut the cut the head off of the of the plant you know and and stunted the growth to the point of not not coming back um and it's just interesting uh, my word is capacity for the year and it's it's just it's a gentle capacity stretch that he's putting me through and i'm walking through and it's a it's almost like a wine skin that's like it's just gently being stretched to the point of being able to take more on. Mm-hmm. And with that stretching is hard and it's tough and it, and it doesn't look pretty throughout it all, but he's so gentle with the stretching as that he's not, he's not ripping it open and like sewing it back. He is, he's just, it's just like a gentle stretch through, through what I know that I can handle. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, that's a lot. But also um, just on that, like you having the perspective of like I don't like I actually don't have to be stretched like I could stay where I'm at and I could be you know stagnant but you get to be stretched right 
And, and is that kind of like, like that's kind of what helps you? Yeah. 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 I think, man, I just, I think there's few things in life um, that are as profoundly impactful and powerful as gratitude. There's just something in it. Like, there's something about taking time in your life to see the things that you don't deserve. You couldn't have fought for if you tried. The the answered prayers that showed up, you didn't even know to pray. Um, the times where you, like, it could have taken you out, but it didn't. You know, like, <clears throat> when I get in, like, counseling sessions, <clears throat> Or really, anytime I can fit into a sermon, because <clears throat> I tell people all the time about how incredibly powerful, like, a gratitude list is. Because there are these little micro moments, and sometimes they're macro moments, mm-hmm. where you can come back and you can just see, like, he really, really is faithful. Like, he he's always been good. He's, he's always good. Like, if you'd ask 12-year-old me, if God was good, I'd have told you no. Absolutely yeah. not. In fact, he's the opposite of good. He's like, I think you mistranslated his name in scripture and yeah. you created yeah. two names, God and Satan, but there's only Satan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, that's what my take on God would have been at 12. Like, absolutely. <clears throat> Everything in my life suggested some terrible dictator is out there pulling strings, trying to make this life as miserable as they possibly could. But I didn't die. Somehow I got through and somehow people like Jared entered my life and somehow conversations at the most perfect time took place and and somehow I found myself when I needed it most hearing wisdom that I wouldn't have been able to hear in one season but I could hear in this season and and, and just time and time and time again, like right when I thought I couldn't take any more, I was able to hear, see, or receive the thing that just got me over that next hump. And now at 29, I can look back and, man, I can point to so many moments throughout my childhood that on this side of it, I can point you to how Jesus showed up. The car crashes that I was in with my mom when she was drinking and driving got DUIs. I should have died, bro. Yeah. And my seatbelt on, tossed from the back seat to the front seat, not a scratch. The 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 moments where like we didn't even have food, like, cause like she was passed out before I got home. Somehow got through it. The the moments when I was like wrestling with like the darkest thoughts I had someone had the encouragement I needed to get me through the the moments when the questions that haunted me, I could sit and someone brought me to a church where there was a, a table and I could ask the questions that I've always wanted to ask. And someone could help me navigate it. The, the, the moments where I, my friends went to go do something stupid. And for whatever reason, I didn't show up. Yeah. And so instead of getting arrested and handcuffed, I somehow missed that one. Like just so many times throughout my childhood where I can see God now and I couldn't see him then. And, and if I've, if, if I'd had the person at 12, 
have a conversation with me about gratitude, I think I'd have been able to see those moments. I think even in the storm, man, you can see the rays of hope. I think in the darkest moments, you can still see those moments where it's like there's just enough sun like cracking through and it's just enough to keep you fighting. It's just enough to keep you moving. And I think God's always there. I just I think sometimes you really have to stop and look and see. And I think maybe like the saddest part, maybe not the saddest, just something I hate so much about human nature is I don't live in that chaos anymore. I don't suffer the way I once did. I'm, I've got peace. I'm loved. I'm cared for. Like, I'm, I'm, living, I'm, I'm living a better dream than the dream I had. Mm-hmm. Can we just talk about that for a second? Like, it's, it's better than what I would have prayed for. Yeah, right. It, it, it's, it's, it's so much sweeter mm-hmm. than I could have ever imagined. Like, it, it's, it's, it is all the things I wanted at 12 and 16, and somehow more than that. Like, like God didn't just fill the cup, he ran it over. And I think what makes me so frustrated in myself and in life is like, you can get to the blessing. Like the answered prayer, the dream can happen. Like I'm living the dream and not be grateful. Yeah. And somehow miss the moments and start thinking you have to do this instead of you get to do this. It's better than I could have imagined. It's so much more fulfilling than I could have ever imagined. I have friends and relationships that I would have never dreamed possible. And I can still, if I'm not careful, find myself in moments where I'm like frustrated at it mm-hmm. or it's difficult. And like, how could God make it so hard? Like, what are you talking about? This is nothing compared to what it was. And do you remember where you were? And I think that's why get to matters is because if get to isn't, the heart, if it's not the posture, if it's not the rhythm, if gratitude isn't routine for you, then the very thing you prayed for, you're going to start resenting. Hmm. I can't think of anything more sad than praying for the miracle and not being able to appreciate it. Yeah. To walking through the door you didn't think could ever be opened and somehow forgetting who opened it. Hmm. And that for me is why I cannot stand the moments where have to shows up in my life because I know right next to that is not appreciating the miracle that is my life. I think we, at least I have, it's like, if I, if I, if I'm too grateful, then the thing, like the hurt and stuff like that, if I overlook the hurt, then I'm saying that it didn't exist. And if like, I feel like we can kind of get that twisted sometimes. Or like, like I can't flatter gratefulness because I, lived through what I did. And if I focus in on gratefulness, I'm erasing what happened kind of a thing, but I, but like, like not validating it or something like that. Um, and, and I guess basically what we're saying over and over and over is that it's like that it doesn't eliminate what you've been through. It doesn't disqualify all those things. It just helps you filter like, like God doesn't waste it kind of a thing. No. I, well, what what are you gaining from ruminating on exactly, that? Exactly, but what do oh, you get out of that? Sitting here, well, I need to, I need to suffer a little bit more. Suffer How well. dare well, I be grateful because that really sucked? Like I, I don't know about you, right. but like I know for me, anytime I fixate on the parts of my life that suck, I don't find happiness. No, it's it's not kind. It's not truthful, and it doesn't help anything. And, uh, and the other thing that I've learned in my life is almost always I don't see it clearly. Like 
almost always, narrow, yeah. almost always, the things that I'm most angry about, or even some of the worst moments of my life, like there was, there was nuance. Mm-hmm. There were things taking place, like, and and what I have found is when I fixate on the things in my life that aren't the way they should be, or the things that I think I deserve that I haven't gotten, or the things that I'm owed, or the things that whatever, it it actually like makes me worse. It's like I'm reliving the hell. Like it wasn't just enough to go through it, but now I need to stay in it. I need to recall it and remember it and go right. back over it and right. over and over and over and over and over again. Like like the first cut wasn't enough. I need more. Right. And to me, like gratitude helps me finally get through the hurt. And so I, like, I guess for the person that hears, well, I don't, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like it's not there. No, 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 no. Well, no, you don't. You couldn't pretend it's not there if you wanted to. You got scars. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've got a ton of cuts from my body. I got my collarbone replaced. Mm. I had to have surgeries four hours long. I can act like that collarbone didn't get broken, but it'll always be there. Yeah. Like, no matter how good I am at pretending, I'm going to set any metal detector off I walk through. And it's it's lying to yourself. Like, oh, well, that's, I'm that's not going to forget that I... I that- I don't want to forget what I went through. You can't. That's what you're forever different because of it. Trauma alters the brain. Like you'll, you are a different person today because of what you went through. But that didn't disqualify you, which is why I'm grateful. It's like I'm a different person today. Things about me are not ever going to be the same because of some of the pain I've gone through. And despite all of that, God still uses me. Mm. And that's what gratefulness gets you to. I think I think the like, the blessed and highly favored feels like a lie a little bit. It feels like you're overcompensating and you're not actually like. For, this is me. This is yeah, my perspective. Of um, like, it's like you're lying to yourself. It's a it's a fake facade of like I'm gonna start filtering everything through gratefulness and blah blah blah. It's like that actually still doesn't eliminate the things that I've walked through and been through, and I still have them. Am I less grateful because I'm in the process of walking out? the things that tried to bring me down and destroy me. And I guess a better way of articulating what I tried to a minute ago, it's like you can be in the process of dealing with your crap and find gratefulness and refilter it and relook at it and not put on the lie facade of like, Oh, how are you? I'm blessed and highly favored, but at home you're in abusive marriage and you're being whooped every night. Like, it's like, what a minute, that's not real. And anyway, that the perspective is, is like it, it felt like a facade to filter things through gratefulness in a season of my life because that by me saying that it was me eliminating all that stuff I went through and if if I eliminate all that stuff that I went through then what was it for but something about like if I can re I don't refilter it in a way of finding purpose out of it or seeing God use it um I don't know that's that's helpful for me in in this moment I I think sometimes we think that like I, I think in in what you were saying, Trev, like, like you felt f- fake being grateful. Yeah. But gratitude doesn't only show up in perfect seasons. Right. And I, like things don't have to be perfect for right. me to be grateful. Right. And that's kind of, and in that's, my head it had to. Yeah. I can never be grateful because I still have all this. Yeah. And by me saying it, I'm grateful, then that assumes everything's perfect. Right. Like you can, you can be grateful in it. Like well, you were saying, you can grateful. be, you can I see the rays of hope in the, in the storm. I think. Yeah, and sometimes you're not grateful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I wasn't grateful at 12. I don't to tell you. Yeah. Like, it's hard. It's a, it's a process. It takes work. It's like, like it's, it's actually, like, God's okay if you're not grateful. Yeah. Like, some people got some crap to work through. Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't mean that gratitude means lying to myself either. Like, yeah. once you start looking for the places and areas and ways God shows up, you find them. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like, in 29 years of life, I have never seen someone look to find God and not find him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's there, man. And, and the moments are there. And gratitude isn't lying. Gratitude is past my circumstances. Right. Yeah. I don't need my life to be peaceful to have peace. Mm. Yeah. I don't I don't need to be happy to have joy. Mm. I don't need to know what tomorrow looks like to have hope. Mm-hmm. I, I can have gratitude. Right. Gratitude is something that is me deciding to through the most hopeful way, like look to the moments where God's done things in the past to inform hope that he'll move today. That's why gratitude matters. It's because even in the worst moments, if your heart is still beating, God is still working. Yeah, God is still moving. He is still there. So the fact that you're here, the fact that you're listening to this podcast communicates to me, God ain't done. Yeah, He's got something happening. And so you can look to the moments that didn't take you out that you thought would, that didn't make you quit, that 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 somehow, no matter how hard it was, you still have some kind of optimism. Like one of the most amazing things to me is when I see people who have had stories way worse than mine, and you can be around them and you can just tell like there's hope. Mm-hmm. And almost always gratitude is a central component. Like they're just things that they appreciate and that they see. So I I I yeah, I don't think everything has to look perfect for you to be grateful. I don't think everything even has to make sense for you to be grateful. I don't think you need to necessarily know what a plan for the next step is to be grateful. I think gratitude is simply appreciating what God has done and what that will ultimately do is inform the hope that he'll do it again. And God has always done. There is no one on earth that God has not done something for. Mm. And I will make that argument ours. And if you want someone to talk to about that argument, come find me, 1302 South York. I got you Monday through Thursday. But I promise you, even in the worst scenarios, I I mean, man, Christine Kane leads what they call the A21 campaign. Mm -hmm. And she is pulling people out of like human sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And these people are in the worst I mean, just the most unimaginable stories. And they still had things to be grateful for. Like something about that blows my mind. As bad as your situation is, someone has it worse. Like, I just, I believe that. Like, I, I, like, I, I, as bad as life is, someone else has been through it worse and they can find gratitude. And if they can find gratitude, I can find gratitude. And I think gratitude is a game. They have like studies on the way trauma changes you like 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 trauma legitimately like alters your brain like like there are whole pathways that get rewired because of the pain you've been through consequently gratitude heals the brain in ways nothing else has oh wow they do whole they've had done whole studies on like the power of gratitude in the way that like it allows the brain to heal and like makes it malleable like it changes 
so many things about the way you function when you live in a place of gratitude. It's like this beautiful thing God's given to us to bridge us from the seasons of life where it's terrible to the moments where the prayer shows up. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's like this sustaining power that allows hope to stay alive. Yeah. When you aren't grateful, it's hard to hold on to hope. When you have gratitude, hope stays alive. There's just something about it that bridges you from the seasons of life where you need the miracle to when the miracle shows up. Mm-hmm. Just don't lose it. Like, just because God got you to the miracle didn't mean he's done yet. And because he got you to the miracle, I want to appreciate the miracle. I think we, uh, like, the question that popped in my head is, like, how do we not lose it? Um. I think the way you don't lose gratitude, practically, I, I swear to you, I will, like, probably, I, I can't imagine me not fighting for this. So, I mean, I, I, anything's possible, but I'm pretty sure, like, I'll be 99 telling people gratitude lists matter. Yeah. Like, like if you don't track it, how can you find it? Sure. So, like, just make a note. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so stinking simple. Like, open up your phone. If you need a paper, get a paper and just start writing down the smallest things that could have gone a different way that didn't be grateful for. It. And then write the big things down. But even, like, past that, I think this right here is also how you stay grateful. I think telling people your story from a place of hope will always make you grateful. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I think in scripture, the only times you hear like God tell you that you owe something is like you owe it to one another to love each other Mm -hmm. is because sometimes you need to help someone else know that they're going to get through it because you got through it. Mm Like your your life can almost be a source of gratitude for somebody else. Yeah. Like I I promise you, I am grateful that Jared Callahan exists. Yeah. Man. I am not who I am if God did not make that wonderful human being. I am grateful for his story. I'm grateful for his life. I'm grateful for his family. So doing life with people is so essential because sometimes, man, you are the thing someone can be grateful for. Mm-hmm. Like your story can be the very thing that gives somebody else hope. And so I, the way you maintain gratitude is you keep people in your life that call you back to moments to remember the beauty and you help people that you can inspire and you also keep people that inspire you. And that beautiful song and dance just plays itself out. Mm-hmm. It just plays itself out. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's essential. I think like, like there's like a, a passage in revelation. that's like, you'll overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And Jared, like Trev's talking about stewarding testimonies. Like they're so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like they are so amazing because sometimes words on a page don't do it for you. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Scripture could say whatever it wants, but did it work for you? Right. Cause that's really all I care about. Mm-hmm. Like when I don't know who God is, and I don't know who Jesus is. And I don't want anything to do with church. All I need to know is like, how are you different? Like, I'm not about to go read this big old book that's been around forever. I need to know, did it matter for you? Are you different? And when you start walking someone through your story from a place of hope and gratitude, it inspires people next to you. I think that's how you keep gratitude. As you need to make sure that you will always have people in your life that you're serving, that you're loving, that you're reaching out to, that you're trying to help. If you can maintain that and you can track it, I just, I I don't think you lose it. But, like, like, because, like, like today, like, 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 like today, I was having that conversation about, um, 
not wanting to go do something or, or that I had to go do something instead of seeing the ability to do it as like a blessing. Yeah. And I had people that were able to help me see that. And I wouldn't have seen that otherwise. Like I just gone on about my day. Like I have to do this. Yeah. You know, you didn't, you got to, and you get to. So Wait, yesterday, uh, we were talking about, um, we're talking about uh, my wife and I were trying to watch a show. And uh, she likes to watch the same shows like over and over and over again. So watching new shows for her is like draining for her. It drives me crazy. That's <laughs> such a, that blows my mind. And that's the thing is like, we like, <laughs> and we were talking about it like in a negative connotation. Like I was like, oh, like she was there and we were like, yeah, she likes to watch the same show. She's like, yeah, I do. It's annoying. And we were like, so we can't really get through this show. It's taking us forever to get through it. And then Taylor was like, bro, that's such a strength. Like, like it, if you can get to a place where you can do that with scripture, the, the depth that you will be able to read scripture in, like the, the, if you can do it with spiritual practices, like, like that thing that you guys think is annoying is a strength. And like that, like she was like, I guarantee you, she's thought about that like, like 15 times a day, <laughs> like having people like, like you to, to speak things like that is, is huge. Cause now she's grateful for something that she thought was a weakness yesterday. Ew. Mm. Yeah. That's a whole not. That's a whole six hour combo right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 man, yeah. That last sentence. She's grateful for things that she thought was a weakness. That's how you can stay grateful in the worst seasons, is because Scripture says like He is made perfect in our weakness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like often the thing yeah. that you are convinced disqualifies you is the very thing that qualifies you for the majesty and power of God. Yeah. Like all of the things in my life that the family dynamics I was raised in taught me were weaknesses and were the reason I didn't fit into them and the reason I didn't belong for them and the reason I was a constant source of pain and irritation for them. Like I was the black sheep in every room I ever walked into up until I left my like family Mm. are today the very things that bring the most amount of hope to people. Yeah are the very things that have set people free are the very things that have been able to get me in rooms I didn't belong in. Like the thing my life tried to teach me was broken in me was the very thing God wanted to use to help other people. Right. And that's how you stay grateful is because there's actually nothing in your life that will go to waste. Yeah. So me saying I'm thankful for where I am. Isn't me trying to pass over like life doesn't suck. No, I just know God's going to use it. Yeah. I don't know how yet. No clue. I do know he's going to move though. So yeah, I'll be grateful even for the sucky moments. I'll be yeah. grateful for even the pain. I'll be grateful for all of the trauma I went through because now I can connect with people you can't. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. Like, and I'm grateful for that. And I will try to spend the rest of my life being grateful for that. And guess what? Life's going to suck again. Yeah. See, is what it is. Like, life's great right now, but I promise you, tragedy will find me again. Suffering will find me again. Pain will find me again. And I hope that gratitude can be such a rhythm and routine and pattern in my life that when that one shows up, I can do the same thing. God won't waste this. This hurts, but he's going to use it. That's good. That's really good. Man, this ended up being a two-parter. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It'd be cool, though. We haven't had a two-parter yet. We haven't. So, have like, we? Pick up the mic. Hurry. Yeah, keep talking. It, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like record it, record it. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Shout out to Trevor. Yeah, yeah, real, I caught it. Yeah. Hey, two parter. Yeah. yeah, let's go, Trevor. Yeah, yeah, no, it was too good to waste like the extension of it, and I think we needed to have more. Like there was, some, there was a lot of practical in yeah. that too, and that's yeah. loving people well. Let's go. Well, uh, boom.
I guess we'll end this thing. And if Let's we pick it. back up on it in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Part seven. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you guys for talking today. Yeah, uh, love, love you. Love you guys. Love you.